Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, Todd White said, and I want to honor my, my director Pete, he's in the back, and John, and all these guys, and just thank you for them. Um, Todd White said, you know, when we squeeze a lemon, we get lemonade. When we squeeze orange, we get orange juice. But for some reason, every time life squeezes us, everything but Jesus comes up. You know, sometimes it looks like Christianity, like as Christians, we've been baptized in vinegar. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength, and uh, we need to get past ourselves and onto Jesus. You know, it says in Revelations that they did not love their life unto the death, that they were like gladly, willingly to sacrifice their life to advance the gospel. They were so passionate, so in love. In fact, Jesus' love is better than life, and I really feel that that's where God wants to take us. That's why I was saying truth hurts. I was going to be sharing truth today. No one wants to sacrifice their life. Peter said, Lord, you'll never die. And he was thinking self-preservation. Let's live a better future for me on this earth. And Jesus like, my life, the purpose of my life is bigger than me. Right now, my purpose of my life is to save the world. And he knew he had to die. He actually got, Jesus actually said, get behind me, Satan. You don't hear that too often in church. You never hear a pastor call you, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you know? But Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, for you do not have the thoughts of God in mind, but the thoughts of men, self-preservation. But thank God that, uh, you know, we have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage you today, you know, don't let life circumstances happen to you. Don't let the terrain of your life, whatever your, the terrain of your life looks like right now, the shape of it, just say, that's who I am. Like Anna said, my life sucks. This is the way it is. That's not the way it is. That's not the way it has to be. Maybe it is, that's the way it is now, but that's not the way it has to be. You know, God wants us to take authority and dominion and to move things and shift things in the spirit. He doesn't want you to accept your circumstances the way they are. You know, I mean, when, when, when God told the Israelites, go into the land and take over, you know, the land is yours. Like, how's the land ours? There's giants occupying it. There's all kinds of circumstances that are against us. No, you're supposed to go in there, pull out your knife, pull out the word, and actually get in there and, and, and take over. We need to take dominion and take rule and reign in this life. With Christ, we rule and reign. Amen? So we can't let our circumstances dictate who we are or, or let life happen to us and look like we've been baptized in vinegar. You know, Pastor Dan always has the joy of the Lord. He's always smiling. You know, he can, he can like, whatever, anything can happen to him and he doesn't care. He'll start laughing. He'll, he always makes uh, bad situations look good. You know, he knows how to turn them around. And uh, I think that we need that, that joy of the Lord. And it's so awesome that Christianity doesn't begin with a problem and hope to God to find the solution. Christianity begins with the solution Jesus Christ was crucified before the foundations of the earth and it plows right through the problem. So we, we, all we need is Jesus and we could just, we're overcomers. We're more than overcomers in Christ who loved us. Amen. I mean, we don't work, uh, we work from a place of power. We come from a place of the cross where Jesus died for us. And I really wanted to share uh, one, one, eight verses from Luke chapter 18 about how to bring heaven to earth, how to unleak, unlock your blessings. Because there's a lot of blessings that God has stored up for you. It's amazing how Pastor Jeremy was talking about the same thing I wanted to talk about, about knocking and persisting and praying and fighting for your blessing, you know, until it bring it down. Because it's, a lot of times we just like to think theologically speaking, oh, my life's, you know, God's in charge. He's in charge. You know, I'm not going to worry. And things are going to work out for me. I don't know how, but they're going to work out. And we just sit around and we're like, I hope things get better. You know, but the Bible says the violent, you know, the, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. You know, we need to apply the kingdom principle to bring heaven to earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we need to learn how to bring heaven down. Amen. And we need to learn how to come 
under the cross. I know we're coming from a place from the cross, but many of us have never been crucified with Christ. So if you've never been crucified with Christ, how can you walk in resurrection power? There first must be a death before there can be a resurrection. Too often we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Give me today my daily bread. Take care of my family and my kids. Take care of, that's wonderful. We just forgot a major verse. <laughs> thy kingdom come. First your agenda. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is your agenda, God? I want to get in your plan. I want to get on, I want to get on the cross. I want to participate with the plan of Jesus. And um, that's an, I'll talk about that a little later. I jumped ahead. But <laughs> Luke chapter 18, 1, verses 1 through 8. The Lord shared, uh, there's three different places where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. And one of them was there, our Father who art in heaven. The other one was the man knocking on the door asking, he said, uh, you know, when the friend comes by asking for bread. And here's the other one with the, the judge. And uh, Roman, uh, Luke chapter 18 says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never, say never, never give up there was a judge in a certain city and he said who neither, who neither feared God nor cared about people a, wid a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying give me justice in this dispute with my enemy the judge ignored her for a while but finally said to himself although I do not fear God or care about people this woman is driving me crazy and I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them and justice quickly. But when the Son of Man returns... Will he find faith on the earth? I wonder sometimes, why did God throw that in at the end? Because you can only keep praying if you have faith. Only if you truly believe that the Father is listening to you will you keep on praying. The enemy wants to wear you out, make you tired, and say, God's not even listening to you. Yesterday, one of my spiritual children, a young man I led to the Lord, or I didn't lead him to the Lord, but he was one of my spiritual children. He was uh, on a spiritual retreat, and uh, he said, there was a, this man demon possessed. He was saying, "You can't cast me out, young blood. You're you're a new believer. You can't do nothing." And he was he got so angry. He got he said blanked off, <laughs> and he cast the demon. I was like, "I'm a child of the Son of the Most High God, and I command you in the name of Jesus." And he baptized the guy. He's born again, saved. And after he got baptized, he had a vision. He went to heaven, and Jesus showed him why he had to die on the cross. And this guy was radically saved. This guy's a guy like six foot three, tattoos, muscular, boxer, or not six three, like six one, but he's a, he's a one of those guys with the long beards and you know just this muscular guys and he, he he tried every religion and he got set free you know because he understood and this you know the enemy wants to wear you out he wants you oh, who are you 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 can't move anything in the spirit look at you you can't even you can't even take care of your own family look you don't don't try talking to god like you're gonna like god's gonna listen to you and look nothing works out for you and the enemy wants to wear you out and make you think you're powerless but when you understand your identity in christ you could boldly approach the throne of grace and ask whatever you will in his name so, the greatest legal transaction that ever took place in human history was when Jesus died on the cross for us. He said, it is finished. 
From the cross, we walk in power. From the cross, we have identity. From the cross, we, we can, you know, it's the cross that, that, that really makes a, the difference in our life. That's, that's, where the, that's where it all begins. But I think too often we just walk past the cross like, I've got the power. Whoa, whoa. Let's, get, let's go to the cross first you know, and then make sure we've nailed our, we, we've, we've been crucified with Christ. Amen. Because many of us, we try to skip that part. In Romans chapter 8, verse uh, 17, who can read that for me? Romans chapter 8. Verse 17. Who's got that? Anyone can read that? All right, come on up, brother. Usually there's a one volunteer. Just 17. All right, Romans 8, 17. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Everyone wants the glory, but they don't want the story. <laughs> we got to share in his sufferings. You know, we have to share in his, his pain and his sufferings and his concerns. I've seen relationships with husbands and wives where the relationship is so one-sided. You know, it's like the husband's like, you know, vice, or vice versa. Don't take this, you know, we'll just throw the, we'll make the woman the bad one this night. <laughs> husband's like, I'm suffering. I went through a hard day's worth of work. He's having a hard day. And the wife doesn't even care. He's like, okay, whatever. Or vice versa. You know, you ever seen a one-sided relationship where one's always giving, the other one's always taking? Like those relationships don't work. I mean, God desires that we feel the pain of our, our husband, our spouse, our loved one. We, 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 we celebrate their victories. We mourn their defeats. You know, we, we're next to them in, in good or bad healthness or, you know, health or sickness to death do us part. Always with your husband or your wife, like always loving them and caring for them and sharing with them life's journey. And I feel like sometimes we don't share life's journey with Jesus. I remember when uh, Anna shared, it's another story, but she met Jesus. And the first time she met Jesus, uh, Jesus healed her of her pain because uh, her husband left her. But the second time she met Jesus, she saw Jesus sad, and she's like, what? Lord, why are you sad? You just healed my heart. So Jesus now was inviting her into a deeper relationship, into a friendship, and saying, do you want to know the pain of my heart? And she's like, yes, how can I help you? He's like, the pain of my heart is that my people have unbelief, that my people don't believe I love them, they don't believe I'm coming back again, that I'm alive, that I want to heal them. People, people, my people doubt me. And he was sharing and expressing the pain of his heart and then and Anna was saying, okay, how can I help you? Then it's like and she was praying for people to have belief. And I just wanted us to know that Jesus is not a mannequin. You know, he's not like, dance with me. Like, and then, you know, or he doesn't want us to be mannequins. He wants to dance with someone. He wants us to reciprocate the love he's bestowed into us. Amen. He wants us to dance with him. He wants us to have a love affair with him. Amen. He calls us the bride. I mean, we're the bride. I'm a bride. That's why I'm wearing this ring. It's, she's like, Anna's like, Steve, don't put in this ring. You're going to shoot girls away. I'm like, I, 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 that's why I'm putting it on. But, uh, but it says Jesus on there. I'm married to Jesus, you know. And uh, we'll find the right one one day. <laughs> but we praise Jesus, amen. We're, we're married to him. God doesn't promise us we'll get married, but he does promise us a life with him. And uh, he does ask us to put his kingdom first, his agenda first, above our own. And sometimes that means participating in his sufferings and when you do then you also participate in his glory but we can't always just have the good and not want to you know go through some hardships once in a while when i say hardships i mean being persecuted for righteousness you know you go to your work and people know that you love jesus oh that's the religious one well you know what you just suffered for jesus they're making fun of you because you love jesus but that's okay that doesn't affect us because our love doesn't come from them no one can steal our peace they didn't purchase our peace our peace was purchased at the cross amen 
So we don't care what people say. We just keep loving them and loving them and loving them because we have been crucified with Christ and we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And the life we live now, we live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for us. And we have nothing to lose, all to gain because Christ has forgiven us and set us free. Amen. And we have the victory. And we just smile and love people all the way to the end. Because Jesus loved his disciples all the way to the end. And we're to love the people that God's placed around us all the way to the end. And when they hit us, we smile. And then they begin to, we begin to put burning coals of fire on their heads because they can't. They're like, why? I just yelled at that guy and he just smiled at me. I just told him he's an idiot. He blessed me. I mean, what's going on? Something's with this guy. And then they begin to feel drawn to the Lord. It's the goodness, the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And when we're just filled with him, we can lead them to repentance. But God desires that uh, we put his agenda first. I really think when we put him first and we crucified with Christ, we have the victory. Now, I'm going to go super speed, uh, seven minutes, and I'm done. Five minutes, actually. I'm going to just wrap it up. I didn't go anywhere where I wanted to go. I just drifted a little bit. I got a gift called a divine dimension. Some people call it ADD. But uh, <laughs> um, I just travel places. But... Uh, <laughs> If you want to get answers from God, there's a courts in heaven. This widow said, grant me, I want justice. Bring me justice. We, you know, listen, today, we don't, we, we, from one side, we don't want justice. Because if we get what we deserve, we're in deep trouble. You know, don't get in a fight and say, I want, you know, I want what I deserve. The Bible says, the blood of Abel, I mean, the blood of Jesus cries a better word than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel is, give me justice. He took my life. He shouldn't have done that to me. The blood of Jesus cries mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. And uh, when we come to the cross, we receive that, 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 that forgiveness and that love and that mercy. And it's, um, boy, I, the ADD kicked in again. <laughs> but uh, we come to the cross and, uh, and you know, we, we come to a place where, where we, we go into the throne of God and we say, Lord, give me justice because of what Jesus did on the cross. There's, there's the, all God's promises are yes and amen. And I want to pull down justice. I want to pull down heaven. I want to get what's rightfully mine because of what Jesus did. You know, when someone asks uh, Brother Steve, Stevens, you know, Pastor Stevens, he says, you know, how are you doing today? He says, I'm doing better than I deserve because I deserved hell and I got heaven. <laughs> you know, so, but now that we have Christ in our life, you know, I used to say, I'm just a nobody that wants to tell anybody about somebody who can save everybody. But now I can't say I'm a nobody. Now I'm a somebody. Now I'm a child of God. I've been born again, and I belong to him, and now I have, I have authority and power to go into the courts of heaven. And when you go into the courts of heaven, you see the judge of all the earth, God, but also in heaven, there's Jesus, the advocate, who's fighting for me and praying for me and hoping that I'll become an overcomer as I'm in the womb of God's formation, and he's building me, making me more godly and less selfish, and I'm growing, and I'm growing in my faith. And now when I pray, I can pull things down because I'm not praying things for my will, but for his will to be done. And God loves answering prayers that are according to his word and I start to pull down the promises of God it's not God's will that my son should perish it's not my, for God's will that my husband should be stuck and trapped in pornography I could pray against that demon against that spirit against those things that are going on in your life he could pray against alcoholism and all these different things and start binding the, the enemy in fact there was a guy that was supposed to come today went to another church but three or four days ago the Bible says where two or three witnesses come together and pray I'm in the midst and Peter and a few other people that work in our ministry were praying for this one guy that's like a drunk and he's always drinking. And, and they prayed for him this one night. And then the next day he calls them up and says, I don't know what happened to me. 
I just feel like I need Jesus right now. And the guy's going to church and he's loving Jesus. I mean, when we pray, there's power in prayer. So in heaven, we have a judge. We have Jesus who's the advocate. We have Satan who's the accuser. The Bible says he's the accuser of the brethren, always accusing, accusing, accusing. And then we have witnesses. We are the witnesses. Many court cases are solved because of witnesses. And many times as a witness, we don't testify good things about our brothers. And that's why people are losing court cases. Many times we're actually cursing our brothers and sisters without realizing it. You know, there was a story of this one man, and he, uh, he, he had a son who was just completely, you know, he was an awesome son. He was married to this lovely woman. He was coming to church, this son. And eventually the, he got divorced. Something happened. He got so depressed, and then he stopped going to church. He lost his job, and he was just living like, uh, like in his house, you know, like a monk. I don't know what he was doing. Not a monk, but a, a hermit. And he was in his house there. And, and then his father said, our son is so, look how miserable he is. This is horrible. And he was being a bad witness. And he, he's telling his wife, like, our son's never going to come out of this. Look how messed up he is. And the Lord said, I want you to intercede for him. An intercessor is someone who does something for someone who can do nothing for themselves. When someone's stuck and they're in a trap, in a stronghold, and they need help, you intercede for them. He said, God said, intercede. Enter the courts of heaven. He said, I come into the courts of heaven. I intercede and I repent for my son." I repent that he's not going to church. I repent that he's bitter and angry at you. I repent for him. And, I, and then he began to declare life. He goes, I, de you know, I, I pray that he'll be a great man. Then the Lord said, I want you to repent for yourself. He's like, why should I repent? He's like, because Satan heard when you spoke to your wife those negative words against your son, and he took him to heaven as a, as a legal accusation, because Satan's a legalist. And he said, look at what his own father said about his son. He declared disaster and misery and... So now I need you to go to the courts of heaven and repent for that. And he went and he repented and he began to do the opposite and, and, and just declare life over his son. After that, three weeks passed and his son called him up and said, Dad, I don't know what happened to me. Three weeks ago, just something broke. And this is real. Like, this is really real. Like, it's happened to me. Like, when I was in uh, Colombia, and I'm finished with this pretty much. When I was in Colombia, before I went to Colombia, there was like three or four phases. We're trying to win a city for Christ. And, uh, you know, I just said, Lord, I need $35,000. I couldn't raise it. I tried to raise it in Chicago. I couldn't do it. And, uh, and I just fell back. And I said, God, I can't, I can't do this. And I fell back. And I said, I'm crucified with you. I no longer live. It's not my ministry. It's yours. I'm just trying to advance the gospel. I'm not trying to raise money for me. And I just fell back. and said, I surrender. My phone rang. I go, that's the devil trying to bother me. And I just kept praying. I said, Lord, I'm yours. I quit. And then I checked. And, I got a, and, I, and then I, I heard, it was a voice message that I received a check for $35,000. True story. True story. So God is, God is good. I want to show the video of what happened in Barranquilla, and then maybe if we have a minute, I can lead you guys into a prayer into the courts of heaven. Um, why don't we just show the video? Immersed. You can get the video if you want to see it later. Uh, we're going to just turn it off there. You know, it's a little bit too long. But uh, praise the Lord for what he did. And yeah, praise Jesus. Amen. <laughs> It, it, yeah, the, it's, uh, it's amazing what he did. He really did that. I mean, the event was done. You know? But we went to the courts of heaven. And I said, God, please don't let this event, you know, I understand we have people on our team and this and that. I just said, Lord, lead me into prayer. And the Lord, this is the first time the Lord took me. To the, I understood the courts of heaven. I never understood it before. And when I was on that balcony, I was just hearing like what I needed to do. It's like, you need to repent for your, the, the uh, members of your team that have been like, working for the wrong motives and doing things and I'm like 
I repent for them. <laughs> you know, had to like go through the whole process. Repent for them. Repent. You know, just make sure everything was clean, the clean terrain. And then I was just praying out, you know, and asking the forces of darkness to fall. And I was crying out from the depths of my heart. And uh, when Jesus came, wow, that was the best feeling. It was so, so good. I didn't want to leave that place. I felt bad because everyone else was still inside crying out to God for like three, four days, fasting and praying. But I'm like, they could suffer another two minutes, leave me here. Because you never know if you leave, Jesus is still going to be there, you know. You know how it is. You know, like, so, so I was just enjoying that. But um, I want to lead you guys in a, in a prayer to the courts of heaven. And uh, I just want to share very quickly, courts of heaven, you come in, enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Come in worshiping him. Have a transparent heart because he's not going to be listening if you're hiding stuff, you know. I mean, sometimes people think they could get things from God. You say, I'm going to keep asking, but they have like a load of hidden agendas in their closet, you know. Get those out. Clean the closet out. Trust me. Your prayers will go right through like so much easier. <laughs> and uh, when you go in there, just simply just say, God, here I am. You know, like David said, here I'm examining my heart. Judge my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. He'll examine your heart. If there's anything in there the Lord chose you, just let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth holding on to it. Trust me, just not worth it. Let it go. And then you could begin to say, okay, Lord, I come by the blood of the Lamb. And I, be, and I ask. And you just go ahead and you, you start praying and you start declaring. You start asking, Lord, I pray for this. So I'm going to lead you in a short prayer. Uh, Samuel, puedes cantar la canción, Aleluya. Why don't we just close our eyes and let's just enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Just a moment of just intimacy with the Lord, of worship. Just worship him and thank him. And then I'll lead you in a prayer.